Hey everyone, it's Jess again, and I'm back with another episode. I just want to say a quick thank you for all the support and positive feedback that I received about the first episode. It made me so happy. This time I'm speaking with Mark, who I met at uni, and we talk about a range of subjects, including why men should accept feminism, what positive masculinity means, and pose the question, are Irish people really supportive? I hope you all enjoy. So to get started, I suppose I want to ask you, like, why is feminism so stigmatised? Like, why are more boys not feminists? I think, good question. I think really because feminism challenges a male patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And I think when you look at the meaning of feminism and what the word actually coming from the Latin, Latin meaning of women, it's looking for equality and rights within women or or sorry not within women of the equal sexes Mm -hmm. and i think feminism challenges male patriarchy yeah it does and i think men have become institutionalized with this male dominance of the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and i think that's why you find less and less men being open to the concept of feminism without probably even knowing that yeah do you think as well like the the actual like like coined term for it so it's called feminism Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound very inclusive does it it sounds like as simple and silly as it sounds it sounds feminine yeah and i suppose that's what i mean like it challenges that masculinity that the patriarchy has institutionalized for men it it literally is it sounds even before looking into actual definition or meaning it sounds the opposite it sounds no that's not what i'm about yeah um, but then I will say, like, as opposed to use a more current example, um, you would say Black Lives Matter, not All Lives Matter, because whilst sure. Black Lives Matter also means All Lives Matter, that is assumed, mm-hmm. of course. Of course, yes. That is course. obvious. Of course, of course. But within those two um, racial groups, obviously um, Black people are marginalized persecuted more more. and so if you take it then into the gender roles and you've got the two genders um well we've got more genders but if we if we take it just as two binaries for Mm -hmm. for the topic of this discussion Mm -hmm. you've got men and women with i suppose the point of calling it feminism is yes obviously all gender matters you know everyone should have equal rights men and women but the reason that it's called feminism, quite like all lives matter is because women are oppressed by the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and so are men but to a lesser extent. And I think feminism, I listened to this really good TED, TED talk from a guy, he was a university professor called mm-hmm. Robert um, Jensen. He, okay. he, he was a professor in journalism and he made a really good point. Feminism, he talks more about radical feminism, mm-hmm. which actually I'm a fan of, but he talks about how re- uh, feminism is a critique of the patriarchy mm-hmm. and challenges it. That's true. Um, and how then there becomes this fear of feminism which is kind of an irony because there's a presumed authority of men and that system that gives that this authority is actually quite dangerous. Yeah. Um, because and I suppose that's a point where there is a chance for change, where men can actually take it upon themselves to change that patriarchy, to yeah. better themselves. Because, and I, I hold my hands up to this, we are the most insecure of human of humankind men yeah. in my opinion i find it quite interesting that you say that you're a fan of radical feminism because radical feminists are right at the bottom of the the food pile mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. right at the bottom of the hierarchy mm-hmm. um and you know you're like oh yeah no, i could get along with feminists but not those radical ones um and i feel like in the media 
radical feminists are portrayed to be these crazy bitches who mm-hmm. like want um to not have things like man-sized tissues because it's it's um what would you say sexist yeah. but that's not the case at all that is a small subset of feminism but also something that i find myself so when i first got into feminism i was like okay yeah i understand it, it it's so important but i don't want to be a radical feminist and that was still me being brainwashed by the patriarchy because i've read so many books about it and like and like those books say that it is radical feminists that actually make the changes i completely agree it's the difficult women out there and they are difficult they're probably bitches they are probably horrible women but they're the ones who actually were the change makers you know when you think of like what were they called the suffragettes yeah like they were some radical women like they threw axes at men like they were crazy but they yeah yeah I, i read that in a book um and those were the kind of women that actually made things happen and got rights. So I don't think we should be so scared of radical feminism. You know, it's not for everyone, but... Yeah, like, all it, for me, like, radical feminism is actually just, it's critiquing this yeah. institutionalised male dominance yeah. that is the patriarchy. Um, and like I mentioned, it really clicked with me when I listened to a guy called Blind Boy. Mm-hmm. And it was, for people who don't know Blind Boy, Blind Boy is from this TV show called the rubber, the rubber bandits yeah he wears he wears the mask he wears like the um bag or something yeah like a shopping bag over yeah. over his face um and like he's brilliant i think he's so so good but he kind of talks about how young men need feminism because and he talks to men he's from limerick in ireland so he talks mm-hmm. to men down in limerick and says that men are not feeling man enough which is a completely like it's, it's no longer relevant today it's a patriarchal attitude that's no longer relevant yeah and he made a great point where it says feminism is not about women being powerful, but it's about readdressing the balance of equality. Yeah. And I think that's why feminism is, is so important. And going back to the point where he talked about how men are so insecure mm-hmm. uh, and they're not feeling man enough, like that patriarchy has institutionalized, and this is what the guy Robert Jensen spoke about, and just the two of them really clicked for me. He says it's institutionalized a male dominance that is relentlessly competitive focusing on conquest leading to conflict which is never good and all for the purpose purpose of controlling oneself as in us as men controlling ourselves and controlling others mm-hmm. you're never going to get equality there you're never, never going to win and that's why for me feminism and the patriarchy are literally like two positive batteries touching ends they just repel against each other yeah. and it shouldn't be the way it should be in my opinion men understanding and accepting f- uh, feminism because and the guy goes on to talk about this because of dick society. Mm-hmm. And we, the, the patriarchy is a dick society because it's it comes from a system that is controlled by male dominance, mm-hmm. D, male identified, I, male centered, and male knowledge. So oh, yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. yeah, but it's so true. Um, and then I suppose you have, and I, I thought he was so good, but then I never heard of Robert Jensen. Mm-hmm. Now, bear I mind, haven't, why is he not like why is he not being taught in schools like all of that why is it that and look I come from like a, a rugby school that kind of culture mm-hmm. which is the the hero there is our friend Jordan is, Peterson is it is it tough growing up in a rugby culture I, I suppose I didn't understand or again you're younger then like you're a yeah. teenager finding yourself kind of stuff yeah so you're not really the first focal point isn't 
feminism in yeah. school for, for, for in, a, in, a, in a boy all boys school of it course wasn't. it's not it's being macho like like you've told me before about those um what are they called the things you have to do um initiations, initiations. Yeah. and honestly they are disgusting and that is so macho yeah because that would never happen well i don't know if it happens in female sports but i've never been around women who would be like yeah let's do this that's like that's like make people suffer for fun there's very much a let boys be boys or yeah. odds you know, boys will be boys attitude yeah uh, which in hindsight is it's awful. Like, yeah. are we setting that bar so low? Like, we listened to that Ben Hurst um, yeah. TED talk. Like, do we really set that bar too low? So, for anyone wondering, so Ben Hurst, um, he is he's basically set up the Good Lad Initiative, and he goes. Well, he can't do it now, but pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. he went around to different schools and he started up conversations with young men and boys about what it really means to be a man mm-hmm. which I think is so positive he has some great TED talks as well and he says that boys will not be boys boys will be what we teach them to be which I think is such an excellent way to put it yeah. he's he talks about as well which I kind of want to ask you you know whilst I agree that toxic masculinity is a thing and it's present mm-hmm. I think you know on the other side on the other end of the spectrum we've got toxic femininity you know every person on this planet has the ability to be toxic um so i think it can be quite damaging to approach men and say oh toxic masculinity this is what it is Mm -hmm. without then opening up the conversation and saying well what is positive masculinity what are all the good bits yeah and like one of the things i think feminism can really teach men Mm -hmm. is and and you can tell me more i suppose as well is safe spaces yeah like toxic masculinity there's no safe safe spaces to explore um or express emotions yeah it's it's non-existent and it limits us um and i think that's something yes toxic femininity does that have that i don't know Wait, what was the question sorry does toxic femininity have safe spaces yeah well i think so yeah because for me you know toxic femininity femininity is different to probably every woman or man mm-hmm. but for me it's those women that kind of how would I put it they scapegoat um you know being a woman um that men are trash as being a bad person Mm -hmm. and I don't think that that's ever fair because if you're going to say that oh I'm anxious and I'm this way because of men then that then that's okay and that's your lived experience but you can't use your past trauma to then be a toxic person moving forward and I think that women somehow are given a green light more so than men for that mm-hmm. um and it's something that i struggle with certainly i think that women um particularly white women can cry wolf a lot um mm-hmm. and that's that's like that's coming from me like probably a raging feminist like mm-hmm. you know i think that that i would 100 percent see that and i'm happy to call that out um so yeah it depends what you what you see i suppose what i want to ask you is though and i think it's a really nice question tell me what you think is positive masculinity I can start off if you want. I think like bravery. Courage. 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 Honesty in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, respect. Respect, yeah. Like respect. Loyalty. Yeah, respect to yourself and others. Loyalty. Um, yeah, I think for me, if you have respect and honesty to, your, to yourself and to others, I think you hold attributes that are similar to both positive feminism and positive 
masculinity. I agree, I agree. I think that if you looked across the board and I wrote down positive traits for both genders, we would find a lot of comparisons, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that men in themselves, because women aren't afraid to be men, but men are very scared, scared to be women. 100%. And, like, that comes from, and again, I bash it completely, but it's, I think it's the patriarchy. Of course it is. And the thing is, the patriarchy is, we all know it, it's shit for women, but it's it's honestly shit for men, and men are allowing it to be shit for themselves. Like, it does not lead to us as men living happy lives. No, or being progressive, or anything. Or, like, as whole human beings. So why would we think that that would actually benefit women? I find it so interesting, like, how scared men are of being feminine in any way. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Oh. Especially, we know, you, you, you know as well, like, think about it when a openly gay person has very camp or feminine characteristics mm-hmm. they are more shunned than like a macho true. homosexual yes you true, know because true. yeah you're still a man but whatever yeah true and because it's, it's because they are portraying those feminine characteristics that the patriarchy tells us oh we have to hate and we don't want to be yeah um like even in itself like like woman it is a subset of man yeah you know? Yeah. yeah, I find it I find it interesting. Um, like men are just so scared and especially as well we can now talk about um you know that that emotional um that emotional vulnerability that men are not allowed to have and it's because they don't want to be like women. They don't want to cry like a girl. Think about how many times you've heard that. Literally and I think like it promotes this idea of being tough, being macho, which like is unrealistic. You unrealistic. Can, you, you can't attain that. Um and there's this irony of like there's presumed authority of men, and the system that gives us authority is actually really dangerous. Yeah. Like, really dangerous. Because they're scared, I think, in my opinion, they're scared to have a level of vulnerability. Of course they are. Because the, the patriarchy has built it up that you have to be strong, you have to be protective, yeah. um, and you have to be resilient in this. And, like, you can't be all that. And it's unachievable. So that's what brings this, this, this was this dick culture, this conflict as- aspect of it. You're constantly in a battle with yourself yeah. and competing against other men when and again this was you know more when do you see that in in in, in women that they're i suppose actually no that's a good I point i was actually. gonna say actually i completely disagree i okay. don't think men compete with each other mm-hmm. i think they generally could yeah mm-hmm. to be the most macho in the room maybe so you've got that that alpha and beta alpha male thing yeah. alpha male thing yeah but in women you're competing with every woman in the room because there's not enough space for us do you understand what very, I mean? Very, very true. So this is why women, you've got that bitchy competitive stereotype mm-hmm. because we're told there can only be one woman in the boardroom. There can only be one woman, um, you know, that, that can take up this space. Um, and so you're, you're told, like, I've got to be better than every other woman when that's not the case for men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we get that, you know, especially women in, in corporate worlds, yep. they get that hard you know, cold stereotype. They probably have no children, no families. They haven't got time to date, um, which is probably the opposite of men. Mm-hmm. They have a lot more balance across the board. And it's because yeah, she probably right. had to be that way and probably step on a lot of toes to get where she wanted to be and to be seen serious. You mentioned that on your last podcast, how, like, within the workplace, mm-hmm. like, how men can do the bare minimum. Like, I, and that's, it was in retail. Yeah. I've seen that, like, in during uni during a job like in hospitality yeah it's a, it's exact same and i don't i like just to clarify i don't mean that across the board no, like like they're subjective some examples. men and some women work 
exponentially hard yeah. like it's incredible but just generally speaking you know just in case someone feels offended no, just covering no. my back yeah, <laughs> these are two subjective we, yeah. experience we've had in, yeah. in Ulster yeah yeah exactly um, but I definitely feel like there is this expectation that men have like in our society they need to be tough and protect um, and do not cry or you have that you know be not gay kind of approach kind of thing or not like a woman which is on again so unrealistic do you know what i will say actually um it's just an interesting point i've just thought about so i think the patriarchy kind of not allowing men to be emotionally expressive then leads to kind of this gaslighting emotional manipulation and so on because they haven't been given the safe space as you said to how would you say, um, express, their express their emotions and understand how to interpret how they're feeling. So I don't think men are as toxic as we say they are. They just haven't learned how to express them and how to interpret them. And so when you then, what they would consider, attack them and say, okay, you know, you've done this and you've hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. They then come from a, a place where they can't understand it and they can't comprehend it. And I suppose as well, a difficult issue is, men are never held accountable as much as women because as you say boys will be boys yeah. so, so it's quite a problematic um part of society like when you think about it like why is it more appropriate that some this guy to punch someone for yeah. saying something bad to you yeah. than to cry yeah like punching is not expressing an emotion it is reacting it's not feeling totally um and i think if if, if we had the choice and if we had those sort of safe spaces to have those conversations I would guarantee that majority of men would want the standard of having a chance to express their emotion You're and so not right. the standard that society is 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 putting there that mate you gotta be tough, you gotta you gotta you know, you gotta provide for women, which Blind Boy says is just it's it doesn't re- relate to today's society. It did back in the nineteen forties, it did back in the nineteen fifties, because men were at war kind of thing and men were going from eight AM to maybe 6 p.m. working kind of thing yeah. and because in that society which the patriarchy thrived of there were not equal opportunities for women no of course not now there are now now you have a job now i have a job and we are no different yeah. and we bleed that same blood so why is it then that the attitudes and approaches of i mean 60 to 100 even further years back are still appropriate today yeah they're not yeah it's it, it's quite um unprogressive as well and i think that's very that's so true what you said about um men are very quick to resort to violence with other men as well um, when they're angry or upset and like i'm sure you know like a few years back like there was a complete epidemic of one punch can kill yeah yeah, yeah. um and yeah i just I, I don't know how that was the solution and we allowed men and we also then targeted those men we were like you know, they're the issue, like, violent men, they should be locked up, but it's not, it's the system, it's It's not those men's, it's the patriarchal system, yeah, it's not those men's problem. It's funny as well, like, the patriarchy, again, and we touched on it, promotes so much of being tough and strong kind of thing, Yeah. you ask any girl, and this might be a brush over of the whole of of females, but you Mm -hmm. ask a girl, who do you feel more safe with? Yeah. A group of girls or a group of boys? I guarantee there would be some, if not majority, who would lean, well, I feel more comfortable expressing my emotions with girls. Oh my God, of course. Like, I'm still scared to walk into a room um, in a skirt in, with loads of middle-aged men there. That is the most frightening mm. thing to mm. me, 100%. Yeah, and why, and again, to that view of the patriarchy, it doesn't work in principle. Yeah. Like, you, you don't feel as comfortable or, or safe in an environment with, with men. Um, I, to, th- to I think... 
I think that, yeah, middle-aged men, yeah. Yes. I think the reality is as well, um, you know, for those people who are like, oh, like, women don't have it hard. Like, why feminism? Why not just humanism? Um, you know, I met, I've met a lot of people at uni as well. Uh, a lot of boys mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah well yeah I'm a humanist and I almost find that more frustrating because you know they're educated guys and they they definitely understand both sides um but but it's it's just being difficult by saying I'm not going to be a feminist because you know that feminism stands for equality mm-hmm. it's just highlighting that women are more persecuted by the patriarchy we're not saying that you aren't yeah, and, you know? and and we and we are, but we are allowing ourselves. And you're completely right. And, but we are allowing ourselves to be. So I almost it's it's like readdressing that question uh, or how they hear that question when they say, "Oh well, feminism it's just an attack of the patriarchy." And you, as, 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 exactly what you said, but mate, the patriarchy is not helping you either. I think a really difficult issue and probably the mo- most poignant issue is that as humans, we never want to actually admit or realize that we've done wrong. Defense goes up. Yeah, totally. And yeah. like, I will happily admit, when everything was happening um, last year, and it still happens mm-hmm. um, with um, the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. I was initially very defensive, not about Black Lives Matter. I'm so supportive of that. But when like white people in general were getting attacked, and that was wrong of me at the time, but I was like, wait, but I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. Like, I've never done any of this. But then it was me realizing that it's my privilege as a white person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that, that I can benefit from society to, you know, I've, I've got better job opportunities. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I am in the diversity. I am in I am in the dominant sector. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to see white people. I see white people on TV. Mm-hmm. I am the norm. And I, I, I didn't realize that privilege before. Um, and as well, like, um, I felt like, I suppose I felt as an attack personally for me as a white person. And I suppose that's how men feel to a certain extent. They're like, wait, I, what, why are they attacking me? And I don't know if that's like an issue that we need to teach in schools better, or if it's some like serious fault with humanity that when we feel attacked or we've been told we've done wrong, we don't initially react very well. Yeah. One of the things I think as well, when you mentioned privilege there, that yeah. just came to my head. We talk about how, and like there is a privilege in the, we've, we've discussed it before in the working environment and it's been institutionalized With in, the, men in or? the patriarchy and just opportunities for men within oh, work. Absolutely. One of the things though, when we look at people and in that boys culture and boys boys culture and in, which is seen in rugby, in rugby which I listened to a podcast uh, or an episode on House of Rugby, which included Rory Best, mm-hmm. who I love. He's, mm-hmm played for Ulster in Ireland, and he was, basically t- he touched on the topic of boys with boys. Yeah. Uh, and how he says, that's completely wrong. Yeah. And it was great that he said that, because he's an ambassador of rugby. That's great in rugby, I was about to say. Um, But one of the, one, I suppose one of the things that, where that culture, and I mentioned, just touching on that name of Jordan Peterson, and he brings, we've seen that debate he has with the girl, with that journalist. I can't stand him, personally. And I understand that. I and, and I have, I, 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 I would support you in that there. Now, I have a really good friend who has, He's listened. He's listened. Not sorry. He's read his book, and his book, um, the twelve simple rules of twelve simple rules of life or twelve rules of life, has helped him. Now that book is not. I haven't read the book. I have the book, but I haven't read it. And yeah. I, I would like to read it at some point. But it's, it it helped him his his battle with, um, depression. Depression. Yes, and and I suppose he brings up in that debate about well, how come more men are dying from depression, and how come more 
men are at war. No, does, no, yeah. the, no, the war one is... A pile of balls, if I might say so. Yeah, That's like, because the, the, the threshold is so much harder for women to get into the army. Like, he does realise that. And when we look at how many men died in... When we look at wars, when we look at wars, we talk, like, and, like I study history, some of the biggest wars you look at are most notable wars, World War II, World War One. Yeah. Who, who was fighting men of course it was yeah but women war. helped didn't they no of course women helped but were women allowed to join the army back then that's the thing as well and we aren't socialised to go to the to go to the army we aren't socialised in school I'm never told oh you can you know you could think about this yeah. it's it's not a, it's not a thing he makes a point I mean, he, he makes those points we just talked about and I think they're a fairly weaker point but he makes a point and a lot of men uh, latch onto it as a mm-hmm. defence mechanism to fight the view of feminism which again I go back to why are you challenging this you know, this will help you. Like, yeah. and I think... So what's the point he makes? He makes a point of, of you know, more men die from suicide. Yeah. And he, um, and more, loads of guys uh, reach on to that. But I've seen an article in The Guardian that more women, from, I think it was from from 2000 up until 2019, Yeah. more women, and this is, uh, are suffering from anxiety. So we draw a, com- a comparison from anxiety to depression. Yeah. And depression... Um, leads on from anxiety which sadly sometimes leads to suicide of course yet more men are dying from 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 suicide yeah yet more women have anxiety yeah but we're missing a trick here and that's where i think safe spaces are the difference yeah. and i think it's it's something that feminism help helps promotes You're totally so right. while we see that yes more men are, are dying uh, in statistics from um suicide which is horrible really is horrible why is that yeah is the patriarchy promoting this dick culture which is unachievable of male dominance male identified male knowledge male controlled is not achievable not attainable when as blind boy says if we accept feminism and equality into our into ourselves and we remove this idea that i have to be strong and i have to be powerful and i have to support women and i have to support the lady kind of thing yeah and look after her if we focus actually no if i look after myself and i have this safe space and this safe conversation which is a tough thing to do which is a brave thing to do, which brave, really yeah. actually, in my opinion, would be a better understanding of what masculinity is, is having those conversations. I think then you will remove, hopefully remove those figures. And then really, where do you challenge feminism? Yeah. We've, we've, more, we've more prisons. Well, we, we know that prisons, we looked in this before, prisons were built, centred around men. Of course they were more men kill and commit crimes like it's and, and again that comes from that toxic masculinity that macho-ness um it, for me it comes from we look at more they say more men are homeless or more are more unemployed because we're in a patriarchal society that does not support men yeah and yes the patriarchy is not supporting supporting women and it's not supporting men and because of that it's just a, it's just a it's just an awful tumbleweed of it's also allowing men, from a woman's perspective, to feel like they can commit these crimes of and course, it'll yeah, be course. fine. Of you course. know what I mean? Like the reality is, and like I've said this to you, like um, I've just got a new job in London, but I'm working from home now, and so obviously mm-hmm. in the next few months I want to move to London. And the reality is that I said to you, I'm gonna maybe have to get a rape alarm. You know what I mean? And that's not yeah. something that you've ever considered or would have to consider. Like, um, what was that analogy you used about the money? I thought it was really good. So you said that I could, you know, I can't walk outside at night. Like, I will be scared to walk home from work if it's late at night. Uh But you said to me that, you know, the reality is you could walk about at night, no problem. Uh But it would be the same for you as going to the bank 
taking all your money. Oh, out. it wasn't me who said that. It was some we we, we listened to someone where it was he said um it's like literally the fear you would have would be yeah. like me going in my bank account taking yeah. everything out. Yeah. Which isn't a lot right now, <laughs> but seeing everything out and yeah. just walking about a dark alleyway yeah. street, you would feel a bit uncomfortable. Of course you, you would. Feel like, I have a lot of money here, so I suppose that was it was, it was an analogy of that person. I can't remember where we heard that. Yeah, sorry, we can't uh, remember the reference, but that that is such a good analogy because mm. it's it's just it's just ridiculous to be honest, and it, and it comes into this again. One of the things about the patriarchy is it teaches men to objectify women. Mm-hmm and see us as sexual objects mm-hmm. but if you vice versa if you asked a woman how she saw a man it wouldn't be the same yeah like that guy um in the podcast with ben ben uh, hurst ben hurst yeah he talked about another guy who they got um see basically got them to list yeah about women they about were men. like they were like you know what makes a great guy yeah. and one of the points was like the more birds you get with or big dick yeah yeah big dick yeah stuff like that there um which is not true uh i, I generally like and that's why i think men really should open their eyes to accepting feminism um and i suppose when when trying to accept something i think the initial response is to challenge it yeah and i ask why like would you not maybe just try and understand how this can benefit you open the conversation open the conversation this is this is not about you know the i suppose the really toxic radical um feminism we talked about how it's uh women first men second like that is not relevant that is and, not part of the conversation and there are some women like that they are like those women that are like end all men end all men sorry yeah. um or like the male 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 the male chromosome isn't being as produced as much anymore we won't need men any longer i mean i reproduce. i mean i did come running and tell you, <laughs> you that, you did, you that did. i didn't need you anymore and i'd yeah. be able to have my own kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be honest like at the end of the day it is a joke and a lot of those girls are just taking the piss yeah of course. but Something I want to ask you as well. Mm-hmm. So I've lived both in, you know, here in um, Ulster in Ireland, mm-hmm. and then I've obviously lived in Newcastle, England. Both myself. And across the board, you know, it's difficult wherever you are, but I find it much more difficult to find a male feminist in Ireland. Would you agree? Uh, Personally, anyway. Yeah, I I know. I know a couple of guys who friends who would have very similar views. Okay. Have. Like completely agree, but if I said, "So you're a feminist?" They'd be like, "No." They'd be like, "Um, there, there's a pause there, yeah. and there's there's a they're just checking themselves because again, their questioning is attacking. It's the stigmatization of yeah, feminism. Is as attacking well. my my masculinity. Yeah, um, there's there's so much miscommunication about what feminism is and, what, is. It, and what it isn't. There is. See, I don't know. I so was, yes, there is. There, sorry, the answer question. There is. Uh, I've, I've I've seen more over in in uni now. I lived in like that's taken to context. I was that was when we were in university, and people yeah, are more liberal. Liberal, they're they're finding themselves more kind of yeah. thing. Um, but yes, I would say in England, I have found that. Um, why Why do you think that is? Because it's so much more important here. You know, Northern Ireland has the highest suicide rate, don't we? Out of, in the UK, in the and UK, Ireland, yeah. yeah, in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. So it is such a pressing issue here more than anywhere else, and yet it's not something that's being talked about. I think it's great right now. You know whether how how um productive they are or not we've got two women in um the northern in, irish parliament and government in Stormont, yeah. yeah which is fantastic um it is definitely a move in the right direction um yes and that's in that sense <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think yes do i think they're good politicians i'm not so sure no. but one there, of them's better than the other is, uh, <laughs> we'll let you decide that one um but do i do I think, like, is there any better out there? Uh, like, that's a question. But, like, America, was there any, 
better. I suppose there was always going to be a better president than Donald Trump, but like you know, was there better options? Um, but yes, like when you look at um, Germany, you look at like Taiwan. Like yeah. Taiwan has um, actually, I'm not sure if they have more population than the UK, but like they're certainly not as well off as, yeah. the, as the UK. But by God, look how they handled that pandemic. And, is, is and that who, are they, who are they run by? Was it a woman? A female. You, yeah. look, at, you look at New Zealand. New Zealand. She's, I was about fan, to say. she's fantastic. Isn't she like, she's fantastic? So a great female role model, personally. And like, pro, uh, pre the pandemic, there was obviously the awful incident of the shootings. Um, I think it was. Is it Islamic shootings or it was some sort of, sh- of shootings against um against Islamic Islamic faith um faith I think it was white supremacist and I only heard of it from a rugby player Sonny Bill Williams talking about it but she actually came out and talked about it and I'm pretty sure she did some sort of symbolism where she may have worn a head garment I'm not sure but just how she addressed it was fantastic um I think yes it is great that we're seeing women in, the, in those kind of positions for sure yeah, yeah. um something as well that i wanted to t- touch on and it's something that really pisses me off personally okay um so amongst my friends i would be like the the raging liberal one yeah. the one that's like that veganism like yeah. feminism like the one with, black, the, podcast. The, one with the podcast <laughs> black lives matter like yeah. um fast fashion guys like whatever friends are probably sick of me whatever <laughs> And so, but particularly with feminism, mm-hmm. it's really annoying to me because it then perpetuates that stereotype. My friends would be like, oh, Jess, the man hater. You're right, Jess, like men are trash. Yeah. And I will sometimes say that as a joke, as at my own expense to take the piss out of myself. Yeah, of course. But in like, in serious like situations, and I, I know they don't mean any harm by it, but they will be like, oh yeah, Jess, like you're right. Like um, men are shit or you hate men. But I actually don't. There are a lot of occasions where I actually prefer male company, depending mm-hmm. on the person. There's so many situations. I just recognize that it's so much harder to be a woman from the patriarchy in this world and to even exist. Mm-hmm. No, it's gotten a lot better. I'm not saying it was like it was in the 1940s when you had women trying to get rights for marriage and for voting and yeah. probably pre that, whatever. To leave the kitchen. To leave the kitchen and not yeah. make sandwiches. Yeah, of <laughs> um, but yeah, an awful stereotype. But it's it, it, it's it's something that really pisses me off. I know it's not that deep, but can you understand where I'm coming no, from? No, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Um, I think as well, this joke of end all men, it can be very problematic because, again, it's causing that polarisation of genders. Yeah. And the last thing we need is for us to go further apart rather than to come together. Okay, that's not a solution. Yeah. Something else that I wanted to talk about, um, it was actually you that mentioned it to me, you saw a TikTok, and when you said it, like, something resonated in me, mm-hmm. and I suppose it's quite a loaded question, but, you know, do you think Irish people are supportive, in general, like, removed from feminism in anything? Yeah. Like, even the pause, I'm not instantly going, yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Like, I know. And this is the thing, like, the guy who brought it up, he was a, a YouTuber or something, and it just actually on the topic of this podcast it's funny how men are, are mentioning it yeah and how they're they're sort of challenging that system a bit um but we think of irish people northern irish and irish people that whole island as being oh they're so lovely they're so friendly very generous oh yeah generous so, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll buy you a drink kind of thing um really really kind not there we'll do this for you we'll buy you a drink but we'll not like support you yeah, yeah. and like the guy I think he talked about his YouTube account kind of thing yeah. and he was like his friends taking mick at him kind of stuff and he was yeah. like yeah that's a bit embarrassing um, and like I've seen that in school and that yeah. again that's a school it's a rugby school it's an all boys school culture but it is like you, and it's an Irish thing where you take the mick at him and like you, like you rip them to shreds oh but I'm only joking mate yeah but yeah where's your support from me 
Yeah. No, I agree. I, it, 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 it did resonate with me. It was like, yeah, we're lovely. And we're not, we're not saying everyone's everyone, the same. of course, yeah. but you know, you draw questions. And I suppose when you hear this, like ask yourself, do people support me? Like, and we're again, drawing a comparison to what we've seen in England. I don't know. I really not sure. I think it, I think it depends. Like, um, now I say that with a pinch of salt because I received so much support for the podcast, um, from, you know, a mix of, um, different nationalities you know mm-hmm. a lot of them were Irish as well mm-hmm. but a lot of them were women and mm-hmm. um, like like uh, Irish women and I was so appreciative appreciative of that and I also recognize that but generally growing up if you tried to do anything that deferred from the norm of just yeah. you know being into the GAA yeah like rugby, doing, school, doing sports, sports um Honda Civic literally <laughs> like worse. or even if you dressed in any way that was kind of different from i don't know leggings and a, a half zip a quarter Timber, zip timberland boots and boot cut jeans <laughs> oh right yeah for the um the farmers for the farmers yeah. yeah um it's so funny isn't it because the, the 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 farmers in england are so different than so here different. it's a different subset honestly but um yeah and i suppose um that's something that's always annoyed me and then you know i suppose is it that small town culture you know you've got big cities in ireland of course but generally we're a very small island um colloquial you're right and is it that you know judgmental small town um kind of perspectives i think i think it is and look i haven't lived in a small town in england or in anywhere else that's true it could be the same so it could it could could be the same but there is that like you know that just negative gawking eyes on you kind of thing or, or, or judgment um for even, sure do you know what i find as well like even in our sporting events so i'm gonna use a bad example but like even conor mcgregor i know he's like marmite but you know when you think of like british people and like mm-hmm. say like anthony joshua or whoever they love as a really successful british sporting hero mm-hmm. the whole country will sing for that modern woman mm-hmm. like they will join and unite won't they and it's something that British people do really well or English people in specific mm-hmm. whereas I think here you will be split down the middle and like as as someone you know as you've got an Irish um sporting hero you will get so many people being like oh look at him he thinks he is somebody now I know I how know. many times have you heard that he thinks he is someone now I like don't get me wrong the guy has done his bad stuff and we've all of heard of course he all has heard. that was a bad example but no, no it's a good example it's a good example because we, we've all he, he's done yeah he's done bad things but I mean look look at some of the pods I think he's done yes with, with money comes power and you can have responsibilities to do things and he has done that yeah um and yeah he he clipped a drunk, uh, he clipped a man in a bar, like an old man, like yeah. that's inexcusable. Inexcusable. But go to even more recent example. But even before that, though. Uh, like in a more recent example, the Six Nations. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Ireland aren't doing particularly well as we've done previously. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. But when I look at the rugby and I talk to my English friends, it is England gonna win it this year. We're gonna win it, and they were they were good this year. They were yeah. in the rugby World Cup final only two yeah. years ago. But, I mean, I don't think they were going to win it. I think France were out there to win it. But when you look at the comparison of England and Ireland, I think we haven't played each other yet. Time will tell. Yeah. But there's not much between them, really, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. Yet, you look at the difference in supporters. I always feel like when it comes to England supporting England, they are through, and look, and that's English people supporting their their, their team. There's always going to be They're conflict. really good at it. They, 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 they've become unanimous. They, they do. Well, particularly in, in rugby as well. Like they really, like they really gas with the team, and they're really in support. Yeah, we're like Ireland rugby is in a transition, of course, but we're criticizing before we critique, before yeah. we look for the positives, and that's not just in rugby, but it is something I think, and not just in sport, it is something that we latch on to first before saying, 
no, come on, let's get behind the guys. It's support first. Yeah. It is always there. Yeah. Uh, rather you do it first or last, it's always there. And I think it's something, yes, it's a small town culture thing, particularly in Ireland. And I think it does spread across the wider side of the, of the island. Mm. Um, that there is this, am I supporting or am I just looking for something negative to pick here? I think as well, we as a culture would have a very macho um, persona. I think Ireland's very macho personality. Think? Yeah, no doubt though. And I think that that again comes from we don't talk about our feelings here. Again, Even women. Why, like, why are Ireland so Ireland why is and Northern Ireland so high? Yeah, why is And then we go back to why are so high in, in, in males? Um, but yeah, we, we don't. We don't talk about our, our feelings. And it's good you see people on, you know, um, the Late Late Show or on UTV or all, all these kind of programs where they're, where they're talking about it kind of thing. And yeah. they're great ambassadors to talk about it. But are you talking to your, your friend in a, in a pub about it? Or do you feel a bit embarrassed to talk about it? Where are these safe spaces? Yeah. And oh, if I anywhere there's a safe space, it's in a pub in Ireland. Yeah, no, so true. I miss them so much. Yeah. So, to as my little tradition, to end the podcast on a positive note, mm-hmm. tell me something that you're obsessed with right now. I'm recently obsessed with, and I, it's been looking at me for weeks, yeah. and I haven't done it, is Oatly chocolate milk <laughs> honestly guys he's not shut up about it we went to asda yesterday and he bought two bottles and he was thrilled oh uh, and I, I don't know why i just thought I'm, I'm gonna go for this and i've never been a big chocolate milk fan yeah I, i'm not really yeah i worship oatly i think it's the best yeah. the, the gray one is the best um dairy free option there was there was quite a bit of um what would you say um drama that happened last year with Oatly. Um, there was the... but we've still started, decided to support them because for me personally you can only choose your battles I can't care about every single thing out there yeah. and Oatly's so good and I'm just not going to give it up yeah I know this, there was something about selling part of their business or shares to it was to Blackwater something I think it's a Chinese firm or, and I think, or something? I think it was supporting global warming yeah which we do not advocate on this podcast. Yeah. But it was just this chocolate milk. It bangs like it goes with everything. Describe it to me. Oh, uh, so it's got the thick, like creamy texture. Yeah. A full fat dairy cream. Yeah. But it's got no bittiness in the ch- in a chocolate milk. It mm-hmm. is smooth and velvety. Mm-hmm. So it's just gonna sound like a chocolate milk a- ASMR right now. Yeah, you'll be waiting for your um, message from Oatly to come. Yeah. Become a sponsor? Yeah, just contact me after. Um, <laughs> but it's, I know recently I've just, just been loving it. That there, and of course, my Six, La- Six Nations Fantasy League. How are you doing? You've been telling me about it, but... I'm coming out of eight, I think. I'm coming fourth. Is Marcus beating you? Uh, my old colleague and good friend Marcus is beating me, yes. Oh, no. Um, so, but it's, it's going well. I've obviously got everyone's favourite... Louis Rees Samet getting me a lot of points. The Wales winger. It's Lewis, is it not? Lewis, sorry, Lewis, yeah, Lewis, yeah. Lewis Rees Samet, um, giving me lots of points. So my... there's a girl correcting you in rugby, Mark. Oh, I know, I've hit, I've hit a low. Uh, I'll have to take that out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you will, yeah. Uh, yeah, my chocolate oatly, oatly milk and my um, rugby pod, rugby um, fantasy league is is what I'm passionate about and loving right now. Okay, very, very good. Okay, well, thank you for doing this today. Thank um, you. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I think Me too. It, I think it was really progressive, and I hope that it helps a lot of men and women. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Don't find those safe spaces. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.